Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. The most filthy place in Bethlehem turned into the most beautiful place in the world in just one day's time. And I found out to be the same true about Jesus Christ. In just one day, he can turn a life around. He can turn a situation around. He can turn a family around. Somebody came into this place hurt and the Holy Ghost is telling you right now, today is the day that everything changes. Today is the day that dark becomes light. Today is the day that your perspective on life becomes beautiful. today I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly man I feel like God has already accomplished much in this service we come in here we praise we worship we pray we have accomplished much God has accomplished much but I believe there's still more left to accomplish I believe there's more left in there for us Do you believe that today amen let's strive for that with everything we have I give honor to your pastor sister rice brother and sister rice honor to my family today I've got one of them in here with me she's doing so good over there I'm so proud of her uh, my wife and my son are here they're just not in here right now my son fell asleep about 10 15 minutes before we got into Sparta and trust me it is best for all of us that he gets a decent nap it doesn't have to be great but at least a decent nap but I'm thankful for them they will be coming in here to join us and have church here shortly amen Speaking of them right now, here they come. I put you up here on the front row, honey. Amen, amen, amen. It is so good to be with you all. I've been looking forward to this. I had to text Brother Rice a couple days ago and ask him if it was okay to preach a Christmas-themed message. And after I sent that text message to him, I thought, people have been celebrating Christmas since September. It's December today, so surely we can preach about Christmas. But I want to be sensitive because I know on those special topics, the special holidays, there are certain topics that pastors want to preach on. So I want to be mindful of that. But the Christmas season is upon us. Isn't that crazy? Amen. And the text that we're going to read today is a passage of Scripture that we will read and many of us will likely refer to quite a bit in the coming days. We're going to be reading today from the book of Luke, the second chapter. I give honor to all of the ministry today. It's good to see church growth in the form of birth of children. Amen. I think they're in the nursery. You're not proud of that baby or anything, are you? Amen. It's so good to see a healthy baby, healthy mom. And I believe that God is already doing great things in that child's life because Sister England told me that the baby sleeps well. Brother Christian, you ought to be taking a lap right now. Come on. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're going to be reading today from the book of Luke, chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. And we're picking up where there has been a decree from Caesar Augustus, Caesar Augustus, that all of the world should be taxed. I believe he originated from the state of Illinois. I promise I'm going to try to be serious while I preach today, but I couldn't resist. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. We're going to be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 4. Now, I have to clarify something. I, I'm not a big jokester. I try not to be. My wife tells me or that I shouldn't be. But Illinois, we, we make jokes about the state and the government and the politics and all that. That is what it is. But I want people to know that our district of Illinois, the United Pentecostal Church, is in good hands. We might be in a state that has problems, but we're in a district that is a part of the church that is bigger than we are. We're in a district that is great and strong. Do you know that today? Amen. And with that being said, your pastor serves on the district board and is a part of that strength. I had to clarify that. Amen. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says that Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went there to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Everybody said manger. She laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse number 12 says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. I, I believe so strongly that God wants to do something special and something unique in this house today. Matter of fact, I believe every time we come into his presence, he wants to do something that just blows our mind. Amen. I want to preach to you today about the day a dirty old barn became beautiful. The day a dirty old barn became beautiful. This has been such an atmosphere today, an atmosphere of praise and worship. One more time before you're seated, can we just give him a shout of praise? Can we just lift up his name, clap your hands, make some noise for the Lord today? Hallelujah. Let's thank him for what he's doing in this house right now. He's already done much, but he's just getting started. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. If I were to say the word manger, it is very likely that most of us, if not all of us, would think of a very beautiful picture something beautiful most of us would probably think of something such as my title slide up here you can't really see the title on there that's my fault but look at that isn't that a beautiful picture that's something that we see a lot this time of year we're going to see even more in the coming weeks most of us would think of something exactly like that or maybe a painting Something along these lines would pop in our head. Maybe a Christmas play. I can remember being in Christmas plays when I was my daughter's age, maybe a little bit older than her. Uh, I remember being Joseph, and I was so proud that I was Joseph in that Christmas play. We would think of a nativity scene, maybe even a live nativity scene. Have, has anybody here ever been a part of a live nativity scene? 
couple people. All right. I knew a guy that was a part of a live nativity scene. He told me he'd never do it again because all night the camel spit on his toes, spit on his feet. <laughs> so that made my mind up right then and there. I'll look at him, but I don't want to be part of it. All right. We would think of something beautiful, regardless of what exactly it is that comes to your mind. I would venture out to say that when we hear the word manger, am I, am I right? Something beautiful pops into our head. The manger will be a centerpiece in this holiday season. The manger is going to be displayed by churches. It's going to be displayed by businesses. In some cases, and I love this, in some cases, even courthouses will have a nativity scene in the front lawn. I just want to say this right now. That's exactly where Jesus Christ belongs. I'm not talking about in the front lawn of a courthouse, but he belongs front and center in our community. He is, and I know this sounds cliche, but he is the reason for the season. As a matter of fact, he's the reason for every season. He is Lord over all, and he belongs at the center of our lives. With all of this being in our minds over the years, paintings have depicted the miracle birth of our Savior. Paintings of the manger, or as we know it, as we oftentimes call it, the nativity scene. It should come as no surprise that paintings or drawings of the manger, the nativity scene, will be the highest selling type of art in the Christmas season. Not just leading up to the Christmas season, but thereafter for those ones who are searching for the deals. Amen. They have been created, these paintings, these pictures, they have been created with precision. Pictures like this, they take great detail. And in some cases, thousands of dollars have been spent on purchasing these pieces of art. Do we have any art lovers in the place today? Any artists? So you're going to know a little bit about what I'm talking about. As of right now, if you had a mind to, you could purchase a painting of the nativity scene from Thomas Kincaid Studios for the bargain price of $1,000. Anybody feel like shopping today? If you do, I got the link. I'll give it to you after church. Now, that's nice. That, that's great. But if you want to go all out, you can get the special edition with the special frame and maybe even a little bit more detail to the nativity scene for a cool $1,360. Come on, somebody. But it doesn't stop there. There's more. Because of their popularity, many nativity scenes depicting the beauty of the manger, depicting the beauty of, of the birth of our Savior, they have been appraised at an even higher value. Really, $1,000 or $1,300 is nothing compared to what I found in my research. And again, I'm very glad that you're sitting down because right now, if you had a mind to and if you had a lot more money than I have, you could go online and you could buy a sculpture, not a painting, but a sculpture of the nativity scene for $41,480. Come on, somebody. That's what qualifies, in my opinion, as having more money than sense. I love Jesus, <laughs> but I just soon my little girl paint me a nativity scene before I'll spend $41,000. Now, that's the normal price. I did look, and I will say this. I looked this morning, and they had a Black Friday special that had been extended, and you could get it for thirty-five grand. Any takers? Keep in mind, though, that this is not your average sculpture. This is a nativity scene that is hand-carved. 
And I'm, this is straight from the website. Hand carved out of olive wood, straight from the holy hand, holy land, by the hands of Jairus. Holy. They, mu- they better be holy if I'm going to spend 41 grand. <laughs> Straight from the hands of a sculptor, of, a, of an artist named Jairus Fasose. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but he's got more money than May. <laughs> I can tell you that. Jairus Fasose. I don't know how long it takes him to carve these sculptures, but I do know that $35,000 is more like a salary than a sale price. If I spend $35,000 on something, it's at least going to have wheels, a nice set of rims, a backup camera, and heated seats. Amen. And even then, I'm probably not spending, I'm going to say this since my wife came back in here, I'm probably not spending $35,000 on a truck. Amen. You get what I'm trying to say today? You get the point that I'm trying to make? The manger, the nativity scene, the birth of our Savior. It is described even by a society that shuns God as one of the most beautiful moments in the history of the world. People who do not even claim to be Christians will tell you that the birth of Jesus was beautiful. They will use it to decorate their homes during December and and, uh, even, even before that throughout the year. Politicians will refer to the manger or the nativity scene during holiday speeches. Theologians will tell us that this was a miracle and we all know that this was a miracle birth. They, they will tell us that it was glorious and while it does have some glorious aspects of it, while they are correct in saying that it is glorious, we need to remind ourselves today on December 1st as we we enter into the Christmas season that the moment that this miracle actually took place was anything but beautiful. Now, bear with me for just a moment. I'm getting closer to my main point. I'm getting closer to my main message. Yes, the birth of Jesus Christ was a miracle. Yes, the birth of Jesus Christ Christ provides beautiful opportunities for each of us. And yes, it is a powerful moment, to say the least, when we celebrate the manger or the nativity scene. But with all of this being said, we must understand that all of it took place in the midst of very unfortunate, very sad, very lonely and even very filthy circumstances. The moment that Jesus was born, it didn't look like a picture such as the one on our screen. It it was no glow around the manger that was used as a crib. The Greek definition of the word manger is pronounced fatne. And what a manger actually was or is in that time, it's not something that was seen in a picture. What it actually was was a trough. A horse trough that barn animals would either eat or drink out of. It wasn't a clean place. And I I don't mean to get gross here today. But for the sake of clarity, we must fully understand just where our Savior first laid his head down after he was born as God manifest in the flesh. The manger, manger or this crib was a place where animals slobbered. It was a place where camels likely spit. It was a place where food and drink would be backwashed. It was a place where filth was discarded. It was a place where no human would purposely lay their head. But you see, church, what took place on that day went further than a picture. And it went further than a filthy concept. Our Savior was making a point on day one of his life on earth. He was making a point that day in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in a manger and he was letting us know that no matter how filthy the circumstances may be uh, something beautiful could always uh, come out of it 
That's why I came to preach to somebody today that it doesn't matter where you're at in life. Something beautiful can come out of it. Even if you feel alone, something beautiful can come out of it. Even if you feel hurt, even if you're living in sin, even if you're in a place where no human would ever find themselves on purpose, something beautiful can come out of the midst of that filth. I feel like the Lord wants to minister to somebody today who has found themselves in a place that you don't want to be. Who has found themselves in a place that you never dreamed of being. Who has found themselves in a place that you don't want to be anymore. And I feel like the Lord wants to tell somebody today that just because you're there right now, it doesn't mean that's where you're going to be for eternity. And just because you're there right now, it doesn't even mean you're going to be there tomorrow. Because God has proved the point that what is filthy can become beautiful that what is filthy can become pure that what is filthy can become whole clap your hands to the Lord Lord and I, I feel led to tell you this I, I don't I haven't captivated some of you because of the situation that you're in but when the Lord ministers, he doesn't stop short of meeting your needs. The Holy Ghost is going to minister to somebody today. Yes. Amen. You look at the, the picture behind me. It is beautiful. There's no denying that. I'm not saying that artists and, and even the church is wrong for, for making it a beautiful picture. I'm not saying that at all. But that's a finished product. Hello. That picture is indeed beautiful. But what makes it beautiful, church? What changes the perspective of this picture? What changes this from a dirty old barn to one of the most beautiful and most expensive pieces of art that we could ever lay our hands or eyes on? What is it? You see, what changes the perspective of this picture behind me and what changes the perspective of our lives when we come into contact with Jesus Christ is simply the insertion of a Savior. If you could put your attention behind me upon that screen, if you look at that picture, I want you to notice this. If you were to take Jesus out of it, if you were to take the miracle out of it, if you were to take the Savior out of it, all you would have would be a dirty old barn, a filthy place, and a trough for animals. But simply the moment that Jesus enters the picture, everything about that place changed. Not just in a moment, but for all of eternity. Thousands of years later, something that was meant and designed to be filthy is still beautiful today. The most filthy place, I'm fixing a priest to somebody today. The most filthy place in Bethlehem turned into the most beautiful place in the world in just one day's time. And I found out to be the same true about Jesus Christ in just one day he can turn a life around he can turn a situation around he can turn a family around oh will I face this all it takes is one day with the Savior oh will I face that all it takes is Jesus entering the picture and everything changes <laughs> hallelujah with Jesus, somebody say with Jesus with Jesus, with Jesus our perspective changes because something can be filthy and then the second that he gets inserted it can become pure holy righteous and celebrated 
I want to tell somebody today that your future is going to be celebrated by the church and by yourself. I feel the Holy Ghost so strongly right now. Somebody came into this place lost. Somebody came into this place with no hope. Somebody came into this place hurt. And the Holy Ghost is telling you right now, today is the day that everything changes. Today is the day that dark becomes light. Today is the day that your perspective on life becomes beautiful. This is what I came to preach. A family can be broken, lost, hopeless. But when Jesus enters the picture, everything changes. Keep in mind that he hadn't performed a miracle yet. His birth was a miracle, but he hadn't laid hands on the sick yet. He was just there. You see, when you leave here, you might not get your miracle. But if he's just there, there'll be a glow that wasn't there before. There'll be a beauty that wasn't there before. You see, there's value to being in the presence of God, but still seeking a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. We leave church sometimes and we're discouraged because we don't get our healing. We don't get our breakthrough. We don't get our miracle on the spot. But can I tell you right now that just as long as you're in the presence of a Savior who loves you, your life is more beautiful than what it ever would be without that. Let me tell you what it looks like to have a life without Jesus. It looks like a dirty old barn. But the very day that Jesus comes into the picture, your picture becomes beautiful. Amen. Tell you what I found out about God. One day can make a world of difference. A lot can change in just one day. And there's biblical reference for this. The man at the pool of Bethesda had been lame for 38 years. But then one day Jesus changed the picture. The lady with the issue of blood had that issue for 12 years. But then one day Jesus made a difference. The apostles tarried in the upper room for a time period. Uh, I've studied this. It looks to me like they were there for 10 days in that upper room, specifically preparing for a move of the Holy Ghost and nothing happened. But then suddenly a sound from heaven changed everything. Jesus changed everything in just one day. Jesus can change everything in just one week. Jesus can change everything in just one moment. That's why I come to tell you today, I don't know your circumstances. I don't know your situations. I don't know your problems. I don't know your barriers. But I do know Jesus Christ. And I do know that when he enters the picture, it all changes. Everything changes. Amen. Now, I fully understand that those biblical examples, those biblical references that I just made, well, quite frankly, they're kind of cliche. How many times have we heard that stuff preached? The man at the pool of Bethesda. Sometimes I wish people would just say, well, I'm not him. I can't relate to that guy. That was him. I, what about me? Amen. Come on, let's just be real. Can we be real in the house of God today? Sometimes we hear this stuff so much that we become numb to it. Now, I'm not saying we should. We should never become numb to the miraculous. But we've heard about the man at the pool of Bethesda. We've, we've heard about the lady who had the issue of blood. We've heard about it on a weekly basis. I, I was born and, and raised on a church pew. I've heard this stuff preached thousands of times. And I've never found myself in their situation. So how does that apply to us today? These are difficult questions, amen? 
You see, when we find ourselves in an area of life that we don't enjoy, we're faced with difficult questions. It's hard to understand why we find ourselves in the places (laughs) that we find ourselves. But I present to you something this morning that is not cliche. Hallelujah. I present to you something this morning that is not spoke of very often. But while it's not spoke of very often, it can add a whole lot of perspective to what the birth of Jesus Christ will do in your life. I read some things some time ago in study. Uh, does anybody here have the Apostolic Study Bible from headquarters? All right. A couple people. Okay, perfect. I recommend you buy it. I, I really do enjoy it myself. Uh, I read some time ago in study in the footnotes of our scripture, something that I had never heard in all my years in the church. But in this Apostolic Study Bible, in the footnotes of our text that we read today, I read that it was very likely and probable If they put it in there, I trust it to use behind the pulpit. They said that it was very likely that the birthplace of our Savior, this barn, this stable, that it didn't actually look anything like this, but rather it was in a cave on the side of a mountain or a hill, as that was common practice during this time. It it was common for stables to be built inside of caves. Somebody hear me today inside of the darkest, coldest, uh, most damp place on earth uh, was the birth of a savior that lit the world up. So not only was this a dirty place, it was also a dark place. Not necessarily what we think about when we hear the word manger or when we hear the word nativity, is it? We don't think of, of something like that. We think of beauty. But I serve a God who can turn ashes into beauty again all of this comes together to prove a point that is valuable to us today that even from darkness light can be formed as a matter of fact sometimes i feel in my soul that light won't show up sometimes beauty won't show up until darkness first has its moment now i don't know if we have any photographers in the house today any photographers you got it all don't you He could probably tell you more about this than I could. But in the early days of photography, it was essential. Now listen to this. It was essential to the development of the picture for it to have a period or a time frame of darkness. We don't want darkness. But what if our development relies on it? What if our future beauty relies on just a time period of darkness when we're faced with those, let's be real today, when we're faced with those difficult questions, when we're faced with those questions that we don't have all the answers to, when we're faced with those questions that bring us to the altar and we go back to our pew and we still don't have the answers. Maybe sometimes that's just some development taking place in your life. Maybe you've heard of the dark room. According to Richard Gerard, an award-winning photographer from California, dark rooms have always been the best place for photo development, and they have always developed the most beautiful pictures known to mankind. And I quote him here, Mr. Gerard says that a dark room is the best place for a beginning photographer to learn how to nurture and to produce an elegant tone to a picture. To sum it up, darkness can be absolutely essential to beauty. 
Come on, somebody. Darkness can lead you to a more beautiful life than what you ever brought of or what you ever thought of. Because what it does is it brings new perspective. We don't know how to value the good times in life if we don't face some trial, if we don't face some tribulation. And I wish it wasn't like that. But as human beings, every once in a while, in order for us to be thankful, in order for us to come into the house of God and praise even on a bad day, we've got to have perspective. Oh, God brought me out of darkness. God brought me out of a past. God, God brought me out of a place where I can still praise. See, I understand here today that you may very well be in a dark place. You may be in a place that almost feels like a cave and it's damp and it's cold and you feel like you're alone. But the birth of our Savior proves that something beautiful can be produced from even the darkest place in the world. You see, oftentimes our problem as human beings comes down to this. We look at the finished product. We look at the beauty. Look around. There's some good looking folks here today. I guarantee you, if you're a visitor and if you're broken, or maybe even if you're a seasoned saint and you're broken, they haven't always been beautiful. I guarantee you there's been some dark times in the lives of God's precious saints. And somebody would come in here and they would look at the finished product. They would look at the product that if the rapture took place today, they would go to heaven. And they would say, oh, my life could never be that beautiful. I have a message for you. Maybe God is just developing you to be even more beautiful than that. My family could never be like that. Maybe just in development. Maybe your darkness is just developing beauty. Maybe your trial it's just developing a testimony maybe your depression is going to lead to a story of overcoming maybe your oppression is going to lead to a testimony of victory but you're in the developing stages and in order for that testimony to become or excuse me to come to fruition you just need some darkness i'm sorry if you don't want to hear that today but we need to keep in mind that the finished product came from darkness. Jesus Christ himself came from darkness. Jesus Christ himself came from a lonely place where nobody wanted to have anything to do with him. And today, hallelujah, today is known as the most beautiful moment in the history of our world. Does anybody want that for their future? Does anybody want that for their life? Does anybody want that for their family? A beautiful picture. I'm here to tell you today that today is the day that a dirty old barn can become beautiful. Today is the day that a dirty old barn can become a beautiful piece of God's artwork, of God's handiwork. See, but how do we get there? I'm, I'm getting ready to close if the music could come. The question is, this is the, the million dollar question. This is the $41,000 question. How do we get there? How do you get to a place where you came needing to where you leave and, and you have received? See, this is where faith comes in. This is where just extreme faith in God comes in. We walk by faith, not by sight. Before they play and before they sing, I'm going to bring some added perspective here into what those shepherds must have come into contact with luke chapter 2 and verse 12 this is the angel speaking to them 
And the Bible says that this, everybody say this, shall be assigned unto you. So what is this? The angel went on to say, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, Brother Carraway, we've talked about this. We know what a manger is now. We know why society is wrong in, in the picture that they paint out to be the birth of our Savior, to be a beautiful thing. You see, this is unique, and, and this should bring perspective to us today because somebody under the sound of my voice right now is skeptical of what God wants to do with your life in the future. Please just bear with me for a moment. You've been here before. I believe that God is reading somebody like a book right now. You've been here before. You've come to the altar before. You've prayed for months, for years, and you still haven't received your breakthrough, your beautiful moment. Therefore, you feel right now in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, that when you come up here, it's just going to be the same old, same old. That it's not going to be special. That it's not going to be unique. That it's not going to be the moment. But I want to reveal to you what must have been the shepherd's perspective. As shepherds, they knew exactly what a manger was. They knew what they were going into. They could have stopped right there. Oh, allow the Holy Ghost to minister right now. Somebody is contemplating just stopping right now. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Just go. Just come to the altar in a few moments. If you don't get your breakthrough tomorrow, just come to the altar again Wednesday night. If you don't get your miracle Wednesday night, just come to the altar again on Sunday morning. Because even though they knew what they were going into, they still went. When they heard that they needed to drop their responsibility, when they heard that they were going to go into a filthy place, when they heard that they were going to go meet a baby who they had no idea who he really was, who was going to be lying in one of the most filthy places known to mankind at that time, they could have just ignored it and never went where God had called them to go. But they had faith in a message. They felt like it was straight from the throne in heaven. They knew it was. And even though they knew they were going into filth, even though they knew they were going into a terrible situation, even though they knew they were going into a place that was really just not beautiful at all, they went. And they were a part of history. They were part of the life of Jesus Christ. You see, that is where God is calling people today. Maybe you're going home to a messed up situation. Maybe you're going home to a filthy situation. Maybe you're going to work tomorrow and you're not happy where you're at. And you don't see the point in 
coming to the altar and praying. I, I got a message for you, and it's straight from the throne in heaven. Go. Just go and reveal to yourself. Allow God to reveal to you that beautiful things can come from filthy things. That beautiful moments can come from terrible that beautiful pictures such as this can come from tragedies. Can we all stand? Today I'll tell you what this manger represents for us. I'll tell you what this day represents for us the day that a dirty old barn became beautiful it represents hope it represents joy it represents peace and while all of these things sound cliche I'll tell you what else it represents it represents strength yes. to just press to just keep walking to just keep going to just stay committed to the things of God. I'm not going to try to answer all your questions. I'm not going to try to tell you why you are where you are. I'm not going to try to tell you why some terrible things happen. The million dollar question, another one of those questions I should say, is why do good things or bad things happen to good people? I don't know. I just know that Jesus Christ came to this earth to exemplify what it looks like to come out of a dark place and step into a light place. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.